Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today is Kat Griffiths, one of six smart women who discuss Doctor Who on the podcast known as Verity. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Make Something Edmonton, and later on in the show, you'll hear from an Edmonton maker whose creations could help you make someone on your Christmas list very happy. So back to you, Kat. How do you describe what Verity is about? Verity is a Doctor Who podcast from a female point of view, um, coming about originally from a time when there really weren't any female Doctor Who podcasts. A couple of us had been podcasting with, you know, with the guys and enjoying it, of course, and they were always welcome to have us, but we didn't have anything that was strictly um, all, you know, an all-female. Like, we, we haven't really had any male guests on it's been all female point of view and and yeah so it's it's all about women discussing doctor who from a female perspective and how long have you been at it i actually had to look this up today um our first episode our first proper episode came out to the end of december 2012 so quite some time coming up on three years and you there's two hosts in edmonton and where are the other hosts the other hosts are in, and they're going to kill me if I get it wrong, we have one in Philadelphia, we have one in DeKalb, which I can't remember the state for, and that's horrible. We have one in Tasmania, um, we have one in Scotland. So how did you find each other? Through Twitter. Deb, who's in Philadelphia, she had kind of come forward and said, hey, why doesn't this thing exist? And we all just kind of started talking about it and kind of together kind of rallied towards making a podcast. And I think that's the reason there's six of us as well, is we all kind of had a different point of view. Right. Yeah, and and we just kind of came together on on Twitter and said, how are we going to do this? Let's start planning. Let's start making it. Um, And it just kind of came together. Sweet. Yeah. Now you mentioned that before that you were podcasting with the guys. So mm-hmm. how, how far back does your podcasting history go? Um, I've been podcasting um, since I met my partner, who I'm with now. Um, that's how we met. So that's been like five, six years because I, I started off on just guesting as my first ever podcast on, on Radio Free Scarrow. Ah. And, uh, and that's how, how he and I met. That's how Chris and I met. Um, because they needed a, they wanted a Canadian host to be on the show, and and Chris knew me just from being on Twitter and talking. Um, yeah, and it went from there. Did you lure him to Edmonton then? No, he's from here. Oh, he's from here. I, okay. I lured him out to Nova Scotia. Ah. We lived out there for a while, and then we came back here. Excellent, excellent. So tell me where the name for Verity comes from, because it's... Uh, when I looked up the origin story, it's not what I expected. <laughs> um, Verity comes from Verity Lambert, um, who was originally one of the, the like the first producer on Doctor Who. Doctor Who originally came about because of a Canadian and because of a woman, and they their first they basically employed the people that nobody else wanted to employ, um, and and Sydney Newman, who is the Canadian, um, took on took on Verity Lambert for this project. Um, and she's kind of our, our inspiration. And she, without her, there wouldn't be Doctor Who in the original series, and thus the current series wouldn't exist as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because she was a big, even if at times she didn't really like the show, or maybe even if at times she wanted to do more serious drama, quote unquote, 
she did continue through with the show. And if it wasn't for her, they could have easily given up and said, no, no, we don't, we don't need this. We can do a proper historical drama on BBC. Right. <laughs> How do you prepare for each podcast? Well, I can speak for myself. Um, we have a happy thing. All of our normal episodes, we start off with a happy thing. Mm-hmm. We found too many podcasts would get right into disagreements and none of the fun and pleasantness. We wanted to hear about happy things and what, what in fandom was making us happy for this week. Um, so even if it's last minute, we always come to the table with a happy thing. If it's a review of the episode, obviously we watch the episode, sometimes more than once, sometimes we take notes, some of us more than others. And yeah, and then other than that, we just come, we come to the show knowing the other people and knowing that even if we disagree, it's going to be a friendly disagreement and we have each other's backs, right? as it were. Yeah. Um, do you produce the podcast every week even when the series isn't on? Yes. Yep, yep. What we do is we alternate between, when the series isn't on, we alternate between regular episodes and um, Verity Extras. And the extras are shorter episodes about some little topic that we want to bring attention to or just for fun to kind of intersperse between longer, more involved and just shorter little glimpses. Right. So it's kind of like hockey bloggers, like hockey season never ends because they always have stuff to write about. Is oh, that the yeah. same with Doctor Who? Yeah, any any fandom. I don't think that's exclusive to Doctor Who. Any fandom, any TV show, um, you know, any band. It doesn't matter if the band stopped touring. You're still going to be talking about the music that they could be producing. Right. <laughs> How has the universe of Doctor Who podcasts changed since you started? Um, well, there are more women podcasters. Um, we have a couple... Uh, absolutely wonderful podcasts that are done by people from the LGBT community. Um, Web of Queer is the big one that kind of jumps out to me. And we have more we have more people podcasting. It's always been a podcast community that's just full to the breaking point just because anyone can start it. They might not exist for a very long time, um, but anyone can start one. Um, we have podcasts talking about the books. We have podcasts talking about the audios, although not enough podcasts talking about the <laughs> audios. It's definitely slowly becoming a more diverse community. And more and more people are coming forward and saying, hey, I can do this. You know, there aren't people from from my community talking about Doctor Who. So a couple of things. One is what accounts for lo- the longevity of your podcast because you guys have been doing it for a long time and you've probably seen lots come and go. Personally, I think a big thing is the fact that we have six hosts. And I think that's a huge, a huge thing because it means that we're never, we might have some, you know, scheduling snafus here and there. Um, but a lot of what uh, keeps us going is the fact that maybe I can't make it because I have issues, um, you know, but Tansy's in a completely different time zone and she can, you know, jump in and fix that. Or Liz can because she can just jump in and fix that. She's a different time zone. Right. Um, and we have enough kind of in the center time zones between American and Canadian podcasters, um, even when Erica was still in the U.S., that we have everything covered. And right. even if there is an issue, then we can kind of we can kind of jump forward. and And... A big thing is we have such different viewpoints, very, very diverse viewpoints. There are people on our podcast that call themselves feminists. There's people on our podcast, myself, don't call themselves feminists. Um, We're always trying to see things from different point of view to kind of show the underdog's point of view at times um, and to show that, hey, that fangirl that you 
make fun of, you know, she's got just as much a valid a point um, as the, you know, the, the dude the, the dude bro in the corner who's been <laughs> watching since, you know, the first episode. Right. You mentioned that there are so many podcasts and there are more and more coming up around Doctor Who. How do you find your audience? Like, how do you break through the noise and, and get noticed so that other people listen to you? Well, we do a lot with social media. Um, we do a lot just through word of mouth. Um, there still aren't enough. I would love for there to be an issue where we had so many female podcasters that people are like, oh, I have too many. I can't listen to them all. That's not, that's not the issue right now. Yeah. Uh, we did originally come forward as kind of being a novelty because we were the only ones. And then as that changes, that's, that's a good thing. Right. But the big thing is we have a viewpoint and people do agree with us or they disagree with us. And oftentimes people come back time and time again because they do disagree with something we say. And they either want us to prove it or they want to know why they disagree. And they want to know why we have these opinions that they may not agree with or they oftentimes don't understand how you can come from a point of view where a woman's, you know, squeeing and so excited about this doctor yeah. um, just based on his costume or how they're going to cosplay as that's a completely different viewpoint than a lot of people ha- have had. So they want it, they come to it because we're not afraid to show what our viewpoints are, as yeah. silly as they may seem to people. <laughs> where does that conversation take place mostly? Is it Twitter or on your, on your uh, Facebook page or on your website itself? We have a great community on our website. Um, people tend to, um, at the end of every one of our episodes, we say, you know, well, what do you, what, you know, listeners, what do you think? You know, do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you want to yell at us because you can't believe we said what we said? Um, then leave us a comment. And people do. They leave comments on every episode. Um, we also have a lot of people that talk to us on Twitter. Um, Facebook, not as much, but the Twitter... You know, Twitter definitely seems to garner a lot of comments or people um, retweeting things with us, you know, directed at us. And, hey, guys, you would love this. You talked about this on the show. And, look, I found, you know. Yeah. So Sometimes women in uh, this space get targeted by trolls and unpleasantry. Have you had that happen to you? Oh, of course we have. We don't let it get to us. And you only feed the troll for so... I, I don't think we get that many trolls. We might get people that... This aren't willing to see another viewpoint, and they're not willing to accept that women can like the show in the quote unquote proper way. Right. We have had that, and you can politely disagree with them. You can explain your points, and then at a certain point, you just have to give up and just say, you know what, your point, as misguided as it seems to me, is still your point. Right. And I wouldn't want people arguing with me. So you know, you just kind of, as long as they're not being cruel to other people. Um, I don't see any reason for letting them say their viewpoint. Right. What's the most important thing you've learned about podcasting during your time doing it? The importance of having a good editor that, you know, sticks by it and sticks with it, which we have, an yes. amazing editor. Um, <laughs> is that Erica? That, 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 that is Erica. Yeah. And, uh, and an excellent moderator, which is Deb. And probably just not being afraid to get your your viewpoint out there. And if right. people disagree, then that's okay. And yeah. even if people on the podcast you're on really disagree, that's okay. And that's good discussion. Yeah, yeah. What doors has the podcast opened for you? I know for for the other ladies of Verity, you know, we've got to speak with some amazing people from the show. Um, 
for me personally, you know, um, James Abila, who is an amazing DJ, like outstanding DJ. He's a fan of Verity. So I get to meet him at at, at a convention briefly. You know, we have these people coming out to us saying that they're huge fans of our show and we're amazing fans, like huge fans of their work. So that's exciting. And then on a more important level, and that sounds bad, but on a more important level, we have a lot of people coming to us saying, you know, I feel like I have an okay viewpoint now. Like I feel like my viewpoint is validated because you guys say it's okay to have your own your own viewpoint. Right. Which is really important. Um, and we have people constantly reaching out to us saying, you know, you're what get, you know, get me through, you know, my commute every day. You're what gets me through having to deal with the kids all day when I finally have an hour of alone time. That I, you know, I, I put Verity on. So that's huge to us. Yeah. Do you have opportunities to monetize the podcast? Um, we do have a shop that sells T-shirts and things like that. Right now, um, we really weren't making money on the shop. So what we did is we completely dropped the price down. So we're not making money on it. We're just selling stuff. If people want Verity Podcast on their shirt, by all means, we'll give you the avenue to to help make that. And if people want a custom design, you know, we'll help you make that. Right. And then other than that, we have our, our Patreon, which is the biggest the, the biggest thing. And we, right from day one, said, if you can't afford to you know, help with the show, that's fine. We're not going to treat you any differently. We do do giveaways. And if you're a, a Patreon member, you already have your stuff entered into the giveaway. Okay. But if you're not a Patreon member, for whatever reason, you can still leave a comment and get your name put, put in. Right. So you can help. If you really want to give us money, then fine. We'll give you you know, whatever. But if you can't, then that's fine too. We'll give you an avenue to 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 engage. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And the Patreon kind of covers the costs of hosting and doing? Yeah, yeah. The Patreon goes directly to to hosting, towards paying for the giveaways. Occasionally, if one of us needs a new microphone or something like that, um, but the money gets put back into the podcast first. Yeah. What's next for Verity? Well, the show's still running. So reviews, yeah, lots and lots of you reviews. Mean like Doctor Who is still yes uh, until Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Christmas special, and then we do a theme every year. So we've done companions, we've done incarnations of the Doctor, we've done villains. So now, right now, we had our first kind of email amongst ourselves to say, "Hey, what are we going to do for the next theme?" And we <laughs> still don't really know what it is, but it's going to be something. Excellent. Well, we will look forward to that. (laughs) We'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to hear about uh, Kat's local independent media diet. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Make Something Edmonton, which is offering great ideas for buying local this holiday shopping season. I'm talking to Lynn Fortowski, the maker behind Sashiko Studio, where she makes beautiful goods featuring traditional Japanese hand stitching. What first drew you to Sashiko-style stitching? It's the simplicity and beauty of patterns that are over 500 years old. I've always had a passion for needlework and handwork, but it's always had a more traditional look to it. And when I found the Sashiko stitches, I just fell in love with how modern and contemporary the look of the work was, and yet it was 500 years old. How did you find it in the first place? I was at a rummage sale and there was a Sashiko book there and I picked it up and I opened it and I just, I couldn't believe these beautiful designs, and I started stitching and loving every minute of it. In 2008, I walked away from my corporate job, put a studio in my home, and I do this full time. What are some of the things that you sell? My most popular item this year is an infinity scarf. 
I take a traditional pashmina shawl and I make it smaller. I add a little bit of men's suiting to it and a row of Japanese stitching. It's light enough they can wear it as an accessory. And when it gets too warm, they can fold it up and put it into their pocket. And then you have some smaller goods like baby shoes. And the pattern I've stitched on the toe represents a turtle. In Japan, they believe turtles live for a thousand years. And the pattern wishes the baby a thousand years of happiness. Where can people buy your creations? Ticks on the Square downtown or look on my website and track me down at one of my upcoming shows. SashikoStudio.com. That's S-A-S-H-I-K-O studio.com to see Lynn's work. You'll also find it, as she said, at Ticks on the Square downtown on Churchill Square and at various craft fairs this holiday season. Thank you for joining me. Thanks so much. Enjoy. We'll start with the local. What local independent media of whatever kind, podcast, blogs, whatever, do you like? Well, it's it sounds silly, but this is the first, since I moved to Edmonton, um, it's the first time I followed a local paper. Right. So I follow the Edmonton Journal on Twitter um, for a while just because they were doing awesome movie pass giveaways. <laughs> um, I started listening to Press Start to Join. Got to meet at the podcasters meetup right. a little while yeah. ago, which is exciting. And I got a couple coworkers hooked on it too. Excellent. Good. Um, and other than that, I I tend to get into a blog, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, this is from Edmonton. Uh-huh. Like I know where this person, you know, is based, and yeah. I know these places that uh, mostly foodie blogs. Um, I'll go searching for a review of a new restaurant that opened up, and uh, suddenly I'm you know four hours into reading this person's blog, you know back to forward. Right. Um, they all kind of merge into one in my head, so I don't think I could actually give any particular names. But there's at least one Edmonton ramen like noodle blog mm-hmm. that is amazing, and I'm pretty sure if you typed in Edmonton ramen blog, <laughs> you would find her. Excellent. And then, well, let's talk about Radio Free Scarrow. Yes, so what of did those course. guys do? Um, Radio Free Scarrow is a Doctor Who podcast as well. Three guys, two in Edmonton and one in Vancouver. They've been going now for like seven years. An awful, awful long time. <laughs> and they've been talking about Doctor Who the whole time. They were basically started because Stephen and Warren worked at Super Channel together and were discussing Doctor Who on their shifts and realized, <laughs> hey, we could do a podcast about this back when podcasts weren't a very popular thing. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of say they're like our, our brother, like sister podcast, mm-hmm. um, just because they kind of, we all listen to them and from them we kind of made Verity. But, but yeah, they're, you know, they're the reason I'm with the guy I'm with. Um, they're the reason I have all the friends I have because I started going to conventions after listening to them. Um, and I was living in small town Nova Scotia, so they were my connection to Doctor Who because nobody knew what Doctor Who was. Right. You have a blog as well. What's I it do. called? Um, it's called uh, Pondering uh, Pondering Fandom. The name changes so so quickly, <laughs> so easily. Um, but it's it's Pondering Fandom. Um, I am a huge believer in getting inspiration from from fandom. Yeah. Getting inspiration from unlikely places, and I'm a big fan of fangirling, like finding something that you really love, and then just finding all the connections you possibly can to it. Like you know, finding kids in the hall however many years after I should have found it yeah. and uh, and then finding improv because of because of that and just kind of making your life better because of the things on TV that you love. So you were writing recently on your blog about an experience that you've been having at Rapid, Theater, Rapid Fire Theater. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, well, Rapid Fire Theater offers public workshops and um, I realized 
that uh, I really wanted to get into improv, so I started going there. And it's kind of given me two major experiences. One, that I have no concept of women in comedy and that I have no idea about women in comedy, <laughs> and I really should. Um, and that I kind of had a very misinformed imp- opinion that women couldn't be funny, uh. like professionally funny. Um, and then the other big one was that I really didn't understand sports and I couldn't get behind the whole team work thing with sports and I never understood how people could be like yeah our team you know our team and I'm like what it's not your team it's just (laughs) a team um but improv kind of showed me how you can when you learn to trust people enough and when you learn that they have your back and you're able to kind of reach a level you wouldn't be able to reach by yourself um that's teamwork and that's kind of you know me being able to run out and be a space gerbil on stage when I would never ever ever act that way um, and knowing that no matter what I did, they would find a way to, to validate it and yeah. to work with it. It's an amazing feeling to suddenly have that kind of cage of your, on yourself unlocked because right. other people are like, no, no, be, you know, be silly. That's okay. We'll find <laughs> a way to make it work. That's excellent. What advice would you have for someone who wants to get into podcasting? Um, do it. Plain and simple, you know, do your research, but do your research while you're getting into podcasting. Your first few podcasts are going to sound awful. That's okay. If they don't sound awful, then you could you could already have, you know, 10 podcasts before that out. Every single podcaster will probably tell you, please don't go back and listen to my first episode. <laughs> Start at episode five or six, you know, that's when it starts to get good. Yeah. But no, your first episodes are going to sound horrible. You're going to stutter and um and ah uh, and... If you want a very clean, polished sound, then you're going to have to do some editing. Otherwise, maybe just, you know, get a friend in with you and just talk about Doctor Who like you're in a pub, you know, and and go from there. Um, But identify what kind of audience you you want to talk about. If you decide you only want to talk about the audios then you're already talking to a very specific niche. Um, If you want to just talk about Doctor Who... What it is? What is it about you that makes you a Doctor Who fan? You know, are you really into cosplay? Are you really into fan fiction? Other people love that stuff too. If you talk directly to them, eventually they're going to hear it because right. you're going to be publicizing it on the same mediums as as they are. They're going to hear it, and there's a good chance that even though we have so many Doctor Who podcasts, there's still lots of niches that aren't there aren't even touched. If you have a general review podcast, you're going to need to find something to make you stand out. Right. Generally, don't be a solo podcaster. And I, I know some wonderful solo podcasters. It is very difficult to sit and talk to yourself for 10, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, find somebody else online. You know, find somebody that's in a different country than you or, you know, that you've been friends with forever and talk about Doctor Who as though you want your listeners to be part of that conversation. That is very sound advice. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Well, thank you for having me. Search for Doctor Who Verity in iTunes that mm-hmm. will find you and you, so you can hear Kat and her co-hosts uh, deconstruct every episode right now and, and then just um, go hard on uh, Doctor Who all the rest of the time and you can find uh, Verity's show notes and social channels at veritypodcast.com you can follow Kat herself on Twitter at Zanister that's X-A-N-I-S-T-E-R and she also blogs at zanister.wordpress.com. So you can follow her uh, Kids in the Hall ventures and her uh, <laughs> Rapid Fire Theater ventures. All these links and Kat's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com. 
If you subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyegg.com, you'll get complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts and updates on our monthly podcasting meetups. The next one is on November 22nd at Variant Edition. I uh, was happy to meet Kat at our first one. I hope to get to see her at subsequent ones. And I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.